Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Bria Realtors. I'm your 2023 Bria President, David Dominicus, and joining me for a special episode today is our Brantford Mayor, Mayor Kevin Davis. Thank you for joining me, Mayor Davis. Please say hello. Hi, everybody. It's uh, really great being here, David, and we got a lot to talk about because there's been a lot happening in Brantford over the last year or two. Absolutely. It's great to have you here today, Mayor Davis. I'm looking forward to, to a great discussion. I want to start by commending you and the and City Council on your work to support Brantford in increasing the housing supply. You know, as you know, we're well on our way to exceeding our home completion targets for 2023. Um, so just talk to us a bit about that and, and what Brantford has to be proud of in that regard and uh, let our members know all the good things. Well, so we have housing targets given to us by the province and what they did, they didn't just come up with these targets out of the blue. They took the immigration numbers given to them by the federal government over the next 10 years, and we know what that is, 500,000 plus plus per year. And then they divided that amongst the biggest cities based on, on population. And so our target set about two years ago, 10,000 over 10 years, about 1,000 per year, based on our share of the goal, based on our size. And it was interesting, in August, we were at a municipal conference in London, 450 mayors there from across the province, and the premier was there, and he announced that there was a new program where they were going to reward municipalities that met their growth targets, because by then there had been two years' worth of, of data. And he mentioned, you know, Vaughan is being, you know, 120, and Pickering, I think, was 140. And then he goes, and the leader of the pack, the city of Brantford at 167 percent. Wow, that's amazing. That that's amazing. Now, you know, did city council and staff wave a magic wand? No. I mean, there have been a lot of work done over the last four or five years, and absolutely. That, and and you know, a great building community and development community that uh, working with the city. And so, you know, frankly, it's amazing. You know, kind of a little told story about Brantford doing its share of you know, meeting the demand for housing across not just our province, but the nation. You know, we're doing our part. There are other municipalities, I won't name them, like at 1% of their target, oh, 2%. Wow. Now, mind you, those would be in the GTA where most of the construction's high-density residential, which is... So they're infilling and not Yeah, they're infilling, right? although we're doing a lot of infilling here in Brantford. So that was, that was really a moment of pride for myself and the staff that were there. We know we do have in the pipeline uh, enough units that have been approved or pre-approved to go well beyond the 10,000 target over 10 years. Uh, wow. But there's a couple of things that need to that need to happen for those units to be built. Well, that's tremendous news, and and we're so grateful as uh, realtors that we're part of this community that is achieving those targets. Because as you know, we're we're all about creating affordable housing and all types of housing stock. Period. Um, especially during a housing crisis like we're experiencing. Exactly. Now, I want to ask, does the city have in the works, what does the city have in the works by way of affordable and attainable housing? You know, it's an, it's an area that's very dear and near to our hearts as Bria. So anything specifically you can share on that front, Mayor Davis? David, we are doing an amazing number of initiatives. I think it's amazing. Uh, with the pretty much unanimous support of council and some great staff at City Hall. So what are we doing? Well, think about what a municipality can do for for-profit housing, private housing. And that's provide service land to build on and land that's appropriately zoned. 
Um, and over the last four years, we have done a lot of work to streamline the development process. Um, we got a big grant from the provincial government, a million and a half to do that. We're doing things like the cloud permit digital process. You know, there's a re reception area at City Hall for people that come in to speak to planning and development engineering. I never see anybody in there because most people are now doing it uh, online. And we've also simplified the process for smaller projects. So local builders who are doing infill, uh, that what they have to go through in the process for them is not as rigorous or as detailed as it is for larger developments. A lot of other things we've done is um, we've standardized the development manual. We're now working out what, what are called front-end loading agreements with some of the big developers north of uh, the Powerline Road. That's where they will front the hundreds of millions of dollars needed to construct this sewers and whatnot. And then they get a credit on their development charge. Oh, interesting. So they'll fund that upfront infrastructure cost potentially that would be normally a burden to, right. to the and, city. And you know, in Brantford, we've never done that. It's yeah. quite common in, in municipalities like Milton or Brampton. So we're learning from, from what they've done. And, and a lot of those developers like Mattamy, Sabera, uh, Caniff, uh, Panatoni, they have a lot of experience with those agreements. So they bring to the table a lot of the experience that uh, helps us formulate those agreements. We're, of course, working on the new comprehensive zoning bylaw, the first one in, I don't know, 25 plus years. Yes, absolutely. So that it'll be much easier for people to figure out. It'll be all online. Yeah, you know, I'm going to buy this property. What's its own? And making it very simple for that process. It'll reduce the number of rezoning applications as well. Excellent. Simplified. A lot of the development you're seeing happening in greenfield area subdivisions you know, someone will come in, the builder will come in and get uh, a zoning approval. And then it goes into a holding category until they've done their site plan. We've changed that system now where staff up to a certain size. They can, they can approve uh, the site plans and lift the holding category without it coming to council. So that's another oh, example wow. of what yeah. we're trying to do to streamline. We're trying to bring in surety bonds to make it easier because, of course, if you're going to develop a piece of property, you got to post a bond or security that tells the city you're going to stand behind all that infrastructure that you're yes. going to build. And so we're trying to simplify that process. Uh, we've also, so that's helping, making it easier to build and get zoning. What else do we do? Well, we provide all the infrastructure, the water, the sewer, storm sewers, um, the hydro working with uh, Grand Bridge. And so... If you look at the land in this community that's going to be available over the next 10 years for greenfield subdivisions, uh, it's primarily that land, the boundary lands, North Powerline Road. Mm -hmm. And that's going to take probably $800 million in investment. So right now we're doing all the environmental assessments for things like putting the, the sewer underneath the 403 at Oak Park Road. You know, what we have to do to, to run Wayne Gretzky Parkway up to North Parth Road and... Uh, uh, power line road how we have to expand that so doing all the necessary environmental assessments so we can begin to build all that infrastructure meanwhile because that that whole process is going to take two to four years absolutely yeah meanwhile there's a lot of infill applications in the built-up areas of the city and you're seeing a lot of that on the major arteries you know 10 11 12 story buildings and what we're doing to help there is what's a major impediment for builders if they're going to build in the downtown or 
the north end of uh, Market Street, it's development charges, right? Yes. And so we now have an arrangement where, depending on what you're building and where you're building it, you may get a, a pass on development charges, especially in the downtown. And then to encourage uh, rental projects, which right now the finances on rental projects are pretty challenging. Mm -hmm. We're doing, again, in the Grayfield areas in the downtown and some of the major arteries, a program where over the first 10 years, you get a kind of a tax rebate. The first year, you only pay 10% of what your taxes would be in the new building. The next year, 20%, taking okay. 10 years yes. before you're paying the full shot on taxes. And, and we're starting to see uptake now in that. Builders, you know, on West Street, yeah. Market Street. Yeah, the they're, big project on Market Street was right. an example of that, right? Yeah, so they're uh, coming in and they're telling us that those programs are major incentive for them. Probably the biggest barrier right now, as you know, David, would be interest rates. Right? Yeah, which, it's which, a challenge for, yeah. for all of us, especially in, yeah. you know, whether it's development, real estate, uh, really across the board, you know, it's a, it's a big challenge for everyone right now. And then there's the other piece, which is the rent geared income. So that's like a senior on fixed income, someone on Terra Works, on ODSP, mm -hmm. uh, even the CMHC, 80% of market rent doesn't work for them. Those are the people that pay 30% of their, their income, whatever it is. The city builds that stuff or groups like Habitat for Humanity, JCs, Kiwanis. Yes. So that's what the, the mayor's task force was uh, three years ago. You know, what do, we, what do we do, city and county, working together? What can we do to, to really ramp that up? Because uh, it was Mike Harris's government that downloaded that to cities. And basically mm -hmm. that was, what, 25 years ago? And really, most municipalities did nothing. They just took the attitude of, well, we don't want it. Yeah. And, oh, Mr. Provincial Government or Federal Government, when you give us some money, we'll do something. And we decided at Brantford and the County of Brantford, that just was no longer acceptable. And we had to do more and start building uh, because we had a waiting list of 1,700 families. Yes. So the sale of Aerodale was part of that. Right, fine, repurposing a municipal asset that was underutilized and converting that, repurposing that into this uh, rent geared income housing. So, repurposing yeah. it to capital to fund. Right, creating uh, the capital rent for those kinds of in, projects. To get that waiting list down, obviously, right? In fact, the money that uh, from the sale of the Aerodale property is going to be used to pay to build 70 units on Shellard Lane. And right now, we're into the detailed planning on that. Uh, we just opened that building, the prefab building. Yeah, and what a great building. Like, what a great job they did there. And yeah. talk about collaboration between the city and, of course, ANC. And it, yeah, built at the airport. Yeah. Um, it, there was their first, it was their first multi-story build. So they learned a lot from it. They're, it's really now helping them market across Ontario. They can bring people to that building and show them how they did it. And they can build it in almost half the time about 80% of the cost. They're, they're trying to bring down some of their costs, but the neat thing about it is it happens very quickly. Uh, you know, they just bring the, they're almost container-sized units, right? And they yeah. bring them in, and once they've done the site prep work, it goes up in months. It's pretty yeah, exciting. It was... So we did that one. Right now we're building about 40 units in a trillion way in Paris. That's more family-orientated. Okay. That's presently under construction. Um, we're doing the design work on Shellard Lane. That'll be another 70 units. We bought the Lucy Marco residence from Laurier. That's going to be about 30, 35 units for people who want to live downtown. And right now we're in the process of um, 
redoing the inside of the building for that. And that should be ready to go sometime next summer. So the goal was 1,000 units of that kind of housing over 10 years. We've hit now at about, we're now at around 250. Uh, we're also working with groups like JCs and yep. Kiwanis and Habitat for Humanity. And how can we help them? Because they're getting hit hard by these interest rates. Yes. It's really impacting the, the economics of their projects. So we're looking about how can we use some of the money that comes to us from the federal government and to make that happen. You know what the good news is, David? What's that, Mayor Davis? I'm glad you asked me what the good news is. <laughs> 1,700 on the waiting list when uh, the, the last, the first, the council for last was the sworn into office, now down to 950. Wow, that's amazing. That is a, a huge accomplishment and, you know, kudos to you, council. Obviously, it's a joint thing with Mayor Bailey and, and the county and that's, that's amazing. Um, because you know what, everyone, in my opinion, de deserves shelter. Um, you know, they might not, you know, home ownership may, may not be attainable or a market rent unit may not be attainable, but everyone deserves shelter. And that's something that's near and dear to our hearts at Bria and, and something that we support wholly, uh, the creation of all housing units. And this is really more good news for Brantford. And it's great and, news, but you know what, yeah. David, it speaks to our community. It speaks to a council that uh, and a city staff that's seeing a problem, a challenge, and trying to do something about it, and not just talking about it, but actually doing something. A community that's responding, like the JCs, the Habitats for Humanity, uh, the private build community, yeah, right? uh, having the land and now building on it, and not just sitting on it. Um, we're also looking at doing things in the future, maybe a vacant home tax to uh, increase the incentive to build and not just let units sit empty. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also looking at maybe even getting into municipal service corporations to do purpose-built rental construction because the private industry is telling me the economics on those projects are still really challenging. Mm -hmm. So, more to come. Well, that's fantastic, and thanks so much uh, again. Now, I want to kind of shift gears um, a little bit. Um, in some other big news over the summer, Brantford became one of 26 other municipalities to be awarded strong mayor powers by the Ford government. Obviously, I mean, this is something that, that was new that came down. We'd love to know what you thought as mayor um, when you heard this was coming into effect. And then how do you plan to utilize them? And, you know, you recently met with our GR team, so we thank you again for that presentation. Um, but this is, we want to get the word out to our entire membership through this podcast. And 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 the greater community at large well the first thing i thought i better maybe I better get to the gym and start working out if i really want to be a strong mayor <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know there were rumors the province was going to do this it wasn't the mayor's asking for it it was the mm -hmm. province as part of their plan to build a million homes and so they yeah. announced it at queen's park at a gathering of the big city mayors back in the spring and so you had to have more than 100,000 in population, plus the, your council having already committed to the housing target. So we met those criteria and we got it. And so what does it do? There's this kind of misunderstanding that it gives me the powers of a dictator. Uh, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it focuses on three areas, two that aren't really talked about very much. One is the budget. And right now, the budget's presented by staff. Council goes through it over eight or nine weeks, and we make a decision as a group on the budget. Under this system, and it's not a choice thing, the province has mandated this, yes. that the budget is to be presented by the mayor. 
and if council tries to change his his or her budget, then uh, you can veto the, the council and then they can override your veto a two-thirds vote. Um, I'm trying to do a hybrid process where we're still, okay. the, still the staff will present the budget, I'll have some input, and then council is going to, re, going to review it, make all their suggestions and changes. And then at the end of that, assuming I agree with all of that, I just resubmit it to council and say, well, here's my budget. <laughs> the budget yeah. that we just spent, you know, the two months looking at it. So I don't think it's really going to have that big an impact on our budget. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's, it's probably, I think you mentioned too, um, it can streamline things for the larger municipalities, right? Where, where it could be really burdensome, like like Toronto, for instance, yeah. to get a budget of that size down to something that's uh, yeah. And I talked to I had talked to John Tory about that, and uh, that was the one power that he really appreciated because with twenty five councillors, you can imagine what trying to pass a budget was like in Toronto. And so I gave him a lot more power to push it through, and now Olivia Chow. So that's one area. The other area is that gives me the power. Like I have this, I haven't asked for it. I have it right mm. now, which is to hire or fire everybody at City Hall from supervisor up. Wow. Now I can choose to assign that back to staff, like the CAO, and I'm about to make a final decision on that in the next this month in October. And that's having talked to staff, counselors, gotten input on Let's Talk Brantford from residents. Mm. So I'm about to make my final decision on that. And then also with city council, I have the power to uh, like reorganize all the city council committees and appoint the chairs and the vice chairs. Um, but I can assign that back to council. Oh, okay. And so that's a decision that I'll be making. Of, well, I, I pretty much made my decision, but mm -hmm. I'll announce it over You'll the next You'll be announcing weeks. it. Okay, yeah. excellent. And then the last piece of, the last power that most people have heard about is the veto power of a mayor. And so that comes in planning matters, but you can only do it in pursuit or in support of a provincial priority. And there's only one provincial priority that's building 1 million housing units over 10 years. So what that means is if council say turn down a, a, a rezoning that, that I thought was critical to meet our thousand per year target, mm -hmm. I could override and veto what they've just did. I see. Turn down. Okay. But if they, if they approve a housing project, I can't then turn it down because then I wouldn't be doing something in support of a provincial priority. Okay. So the uh, veto power only applies to... To approve, approve a, a housing application. That's been turned down and hence right. not meeting the provincial growth targets. But you know what? The, this council's already demonstrated. We didn't hit the 176 target, 176% by a council wow. saying no. So this council's been not completely unanimous, but has consistently, you know, week in, week out, month in, month out, uh, supported the uh, those rezoning applications that are allowing us to meet our provincial target. And by the way, we're, we're thankful for that because it serves our community, our city well. Right. Bria is a lot of times the talk of the town around the province and the country, the Brantford Real Estate Association, when we attend our conferences. So we could imagine how nice it is for you as a mayor when you're, attending conferences for, you know, every municipality in the province to be recognized. And, and by the way, it's great that the Ford government is rewarding municipalities that are doing a great job. Yeah, we are getting uh, extra money for meeting the uh, targets. That's amazing. And that's, you know, again, part of creating, you know, the end or, or mitigating the effects of this housing crisis that's 
in the news every day because it is a crisis, right? Now, there is something else in those powers. Actually, many members of BRIA have asked me about it because they're generally quite knowledgeable about the legislation. Mm -hmm. And that is, it just doesn't apply to rezoning applications, but I can also push forward uh, infrastructure projects in support of the housing targets. Interesting. And so people, including transportation. So people have asked me, well... You know, why don't you like ram through the BSAR? And I. The Oak Park <laughs> Bridge. Well, that, that's hypothetical too. Yeah. And, yeah. But you know what? Haven't we seen from the Greenbelt controversy what happens when a small group of politicians want or two try and push something through that, that's not politically popular? It doesn't work. Yeah. In our free democratic society, that does not work. And if there's anything I've learned over five years, is that that doesn't work yeah it's much better to have some consensus around issues absolutely and and, and i mean you're never going to have full support but i mean it's good to have consensus and understanding and at the end of the day make the best decision for the yeah. for the community and city at large well, right? not one, just a specific neighborhood for instance like you talked about the oak park road project so let's talk about that in the hypothetical okay sure. let's let's say i decide okay i want a strong mayor power yeah and i'm gonna push that forward well, then council can override that with a two-thirds vote. So okay. you don't have these total absolute powers. Plus, my time as mayor is limited, just like any mayor. Mm -hmm. And so let's say I push it through and there's a lot of opposition, and then let's say I'm defeated or I retire, then guess what happens? Because it wasn't generally accepted and there wasn't a consensus, guess what? The next round of politicians will kill it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So it doesn't make any sense to like ram things through, push things through that you know will be politically unpopular. So, and like I said, that's one thing I've learned. And so, certainly you can use those powers to push the envelope a little bit when you're running into roadblocks, but uh, you won't get it done. You won't bring people behind a project, whatever it is, unless you've built a consensus behind it. Absolutely. And that's totally understandable, Mr. Mayor. You know, you. A hot-button issue recently is S.C. Johnson and the proposed development next door uh, going through for a zoning, zoning change. And I know you were probably asked, well, can't you veto that project, right? And that's, you know, exactly what you were just saying. You can't because it's, it's you You're know, right. it doesn't allow for that, right? Exactly. And, so the only thing I could have done under strong mayor powers, let's say, uh, let's say that it got to council and council made its decision and council turned it down, then strong mayor powers would allow me to override council and approve it. Uh, but we didn't get to make the decision, and I think I've made it pretty clear publicly that's not something I would have done anyways. So that's yeah, the only thing. You can only approve projects that have been turned down. Um, and so, yeah, the, the strong mayor powers, you, you, just, I, you just could not use them to deal with the S.C. Johnson situation. Yeah, and that's... Uh... That's a situation that Bria is watching as well, and we hope that, again, a resolution can be found, some common ground on both sides, and, uh, you know, uh, move on. I think that can be done. It's probably 10 to 12 months before it gets to the OLT for a hearing. You know, before then, I know my experience as a lawyer, there's lots of things that happen in advance of a court or tribunal case. And in fact, that's what I've been doing uh, through various resolutions, working with Will Bohm in the province to uh, increase the, uh, the number of potential solutions here that mm -hmm. are outside the traditional planning process. 
Absolutely. And by the way, if there's anything you need from Bria in support, we're always here for you and we'd be glad to help. It's a great community that our members live, work in, and, uh, you know, has provided them with great livings. And, and our, our members are engaged and they love supporting, um, you know, all things local, whether it's Brantford or the county. Um, we have a very engaged membership sitting at around 500 and, and we're really thankful for that. In fact, last thing I'll say on that on that subject. So council's having a special, I called for a special meeting, and it's on October the 17th, Tuesday, September the 17th at 6. And so that's going to be kind of an open forum where residents can come and express uh, their thoughts and their opinion about the, the SC Johnson issue. And then council will also be considering a report from staff what we can do as a city organization to uh, support SC Johnson, assuming it does go to a hearing. You know, what can we do? Can we hire a lawyer? Mm -hmm. Can we advance a case in support of SC Johnson? I mean, my preferred option is that doesn't even ever get to the OMT. Mm -hmm. And then we work out an arrangement satisfactory to the builder and SC Johnson. That's what I'm focusing on. But anyways, October 17th, if people are interested, Okay, duly noted. October seventeenth, six p.m. Uh, city council, there. city city hall, city council chambers. Excellent. Um, we're we're running out of time, so I mean, I'm going to wrap things up. But I really appreciate um, you joining me today, Mayor Davis. And it was a great discussion. As always, these podcasts are available to our members and the greater community every month. Let us know if you have any specific topic you would like us to cover or a guest you would want us to feature, head over to www.bria.com forward slash podcast and let us know what you think. We'll see you guys next month and thanks for listening.